Welcome into Mornings with Ian Smith. No, Smith, he's at Cricket World Cup, but luckily Greg Murphy is back as he always is on a Tuesday to talk motorsport. Life in the fast lane, life in the fastest, fastest, fastest lane for Formula One. They're hitting Las Vegas. What could possibly go wrong on the strip? What could possibly go wrong? Uh, Murph, how you doing? Good week? Good morning. Yes, uh, well, it's a, still the beginning of the week, you know. There's a lot to happen, <laughs> lots to unfold. <laughs> but the last week was actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Last week was pretty good. Quite a quieter weekend. Um, the one just been rather than the the week before, which was the Highland Six Hour. So it took me a few days to recover from that one. To be honest, I'd like to know what does Greg Murphy do on a quiet weekend? Is it you know slowly walking around the estate, just doing the chores? Uh, you know, get cash, don't bre- you start collecting on the, the estate. Bre- <laughs> don't you start. That, that's a getting that's all those a MacGyver thing. <laughs> that is. That, that is, yeah. I'll leave that for Steve. I'll leave that for Steve. Yeah. So, so what are you doing quiet weekends? What, just watch old races? I, I just imagine you can't <laughs> be away from motorsport, you know, for all that, all that I long. I can be. Oh, no, I can be. I can easily easily be away from, from motorsport for that long, <laughs> albeit I did, did pay uh, a little bit of attention to what was going on in uh, uh, Indonesia with uh, MotoGP. So I sort of did uh, have a, a bit of a look at that over the weekend. But um, no, it was, uh, I took a bit, Took a bit of time and and uh, didn't um, didn't work too hard. Went to Robbie Williams though on Sunday. Did go to Robbie Williams down here in, in Napier at the the, uh, um, the church. Um, oh, sorry, not the church. Was it? Um, what's it called? The Mission uh, Estate. The Mission. That's it. That's the one on Church Road. Yeah. Um, so I did th- did that on Sunday afternoon. That was that was bloody nice. So um, that was it was a reasonably quiet one. No no adrenaline rushes for me on the weekend. Just gone. No. I heard he does as much talking as singing these days. Uh, he did do a lot of talking. Um, and some of it was really entertaining and uh, very funny. He's, he's very humorous. Um, uh, but and, and good messaging too. Amazing messaging on what he was actually getting across. I think uh, it's probably worth watching his Netflix um, doco by the sounds of it. I haven't got into that one yet, but apparently it's very good. But yes, there was a, there was a fair, bit of, uh, fair bit of conversational... Um, sort of uh, as part of the show, um, which might might have just been a little bit too much, a little bit too much. A couple more songs probably would have been good, but uh, still enjoyed it all the same. I, I can't imagine Greg Murphy's end of year Spotify playlist would have Robbie Williams on it though. Yeah, he's got a bit of yeah. Well, I, I don't think I've got a playlist with him in there, but um, I'm certainly you know it's one of those things you do get. Uh, um, sort of taken back a bit and, and reminisce a few songs there and bits and pieces and there's, there's, there's definitely some some Robbie Williams bloody uh, tunes in there that um, I uh, will will definitely be pulling up and adding to uh, my liked songs playlist for sure because he, he's, he's got some bangers he's absolutely got some bangers he is good he's a great entertainer uh, so your eyes were on the Sepang circuit what did you see at, at MotoGP over the weekend? Well, that, that championship's going down to the wire. Um, it is, and I, I'm a big fan of MotoGP. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Went to Phillip Island last year, not this, not this year. Um, and uh, it's been a while since I've been there. You know, I just have a huge appreciation for the the skill set and the commitment, dedication, and and the you know the serious risk that's involved with with those those uh, men on those machines. Um, so I, I do enjoy it a lot. And uh, uh, it's a it is a bit a bit of a Ducati fest at the moment. Uh, Pico Bagnaia is very finely leading that world championship from Jorge Martin on the Pramac Ducati. Um, but it was um, probably Ine Bastianini uh, 
uh, Pekka Vignaya's teammate, who's had an absolute horror of a season so far with injury, um, being his first full-time year on the factory Ducati. Uh, he just has not um, sort of been really anywhere to be seen um, until this weekend, and he took out the main race on on Sunday in, in, in stunning fashion um, to announce that, um, you know, he's back. His, his ride has been um, talked about recently that, he may actually get pushed off the, the factory bike and, and back onto one of the satellite team bikes um, and with Jorge Martin potentially uh, taking that ride. But after his performance on the weekend, I, I hope that he um, he gets another chance next year alongside Pico because it was a, it was a stunning performance from a guy that's um, been really struggling. And uh, he's, a, he's an, uh, an amazing rider and, uh, and apparently a, a brilliant personality in the paddock too. So... That was a bit of a turnaround, but the battle the battle continues. Uh, two more rounds to go uh, for MotoGP in the season, and it's um, it's it's down. I think it's like 13 points or something like that, or 10 points between the two um, protagonists at the front. So we're in for a in for a fight to the bitter end in MotoGP, which is uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, just not the yeah, just not on the constructors. Uh, Ducati's really struggled this year, winning 15 races and 38 podiums. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's it's an interesting one, and I. I It'd be interesting to, to actually find a little bit more detail in the paddock and what the thoughts are. And they've got eight bikes. Uh, Ducati's got eight bikes represented um, in MotoGP, the two factory, the two Pramac, uh, two Grassini, and two um, Mooney 46, which is Valentino Rossi's team. Um, and they've all got <laughs> epic riders riding them. Um, so they, they've got a bit of a dominance uh, going on there. The bike clearly um, is very, very good at the moment and they're doing a doing a strong job with it. They've got a couple of little features on the on the Desma Sedici Ducatis that um, that give them maybe a, a slight advantage. Their, their their speed, straight line speed horsepower is is, uh, is unquestioned. So um, not sure what the rest of the field feels about it, but uh, it still has been a, a, another very, very good season of, of racing. But um, there probably is just a, a few too many Ducatis out there. Uh, getting the job done. Um, the Japanese manufacturers, Honda and Yamaha, are really, really struggling at the moment too, which isn't good to see because we really seriously need those manufacturers in there uh, fighting uh, up the front for the podiums. Um, and KTM sort of has been the the next best of the rest, really, um, which has been a strong turnaround for them in 2023, and they're looking very good for 2024. Um, but uh, it does certainly sort of seem that there's a bit of a... Uh, an overflow of Ducati bikes in the championship at the moment. Uh, let's go from two wheels to four. Let's go to Las Vegas. Formula One hitting Las Vegas for the very first time now, isn't it? Uh, the strip will be full of action. Uh, I, I'm not sure what do you call them. Like, there's Aucklanders, there's Wellingtonians. What do you call someone from Las Vegas? Is it a, a Nevadian? Because it seems the local Nevadians are, are not all that happy with what's going on. No, it's been pretty interesting. Um, and, I mean... Right from the beginning, when this was announced, um, I, I, there would have been a, a lot of negativity around the whole concept of it. And just watching, uh, mainly through social media and, and some news reports on some of the motorsport channels, uh, just around um, the upheaval of the place and how how challenging it has been through the build um, of uh, Formula One heading to Vegas this weekend, uh, there's certainly a lot of unhappy people around the place or how it's gone about. I mean, it's taking over, completely and utterly taking over the Strip and big parts of, of Vegas. Um, so it, it would have been a challenging time to be there. Um, certainly if you were there uh, a few weeks ago, 
on holiday, or there was a massive aftermarket show there last week, SEMA, which is uh, one of the biggest uh, aftermarket um, automotive um, shows and, and uh, conferences in the world, if not the biggest. So I'm, I'm interesting to see how they, they dealt with um, with the the construction that's going on for Formula One. But um, apparently now, because of the hike in prices around hotels and tickets and all that kind of stuff, it's meant that there's actually now availability because um, it hasn't sold out. Um, maybe in the high end with the some of the corporate and things might have might have sold, but um, as it stands, there's uh, a lot of people have have decided not to go, and uh, it's meant that there's now some pretty cheap availability to be able to get to Vegas um, for the weekend and and be a part of it. So again, that whole greed factor, you know, Vegas Formula One, everyone hiked it up, opportunity to to um, pillage you know, as much as they can out of out of uh, spectators and um, it looks like it may have backfired ever so slightly. So, you know, to get a, uh, I suppose, an unbiased opinion of, of how it is over there and, and um, how the event goes, um, it'll be interesting to get someone's point of view and perspective on that, um, being that you're not going to be there and I'm certainly not going to be there. So, um, yeah, we'll be watching with interest though, won't we? Yeah, indeed. Uh, I, I haven't even seen it. Brad, producer Brad's uh, looking after the show today. Um, he has caught a glimpse of the track, haven't you, Brad? Yeah, I was watching Murph, the uh, Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders game against the Jets yesterday, NFL, and they did a flyover oh, yeah. of the track. Oh, and right. It yep. looked magnificent. It really, really did with the sphere there, and they put the pit lane up. But I, like you, Murph, have been following a lot of social media, and Nevadians are not happy. Uh, and it's caused yep. massive traffic jams because they're doing a whole bunch of other construction in, in the strip at the moment as well. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it might be a one and done as far as Las Vegans are concerned yeah. regarding the, uh, the F1 in, in Nevada. It will be, it, yeah. It, I mean, it's going to have to really produce the goods. Uh, and, and also what's concerning um, is, is obviously the domination by Red Bull and Max Verstappen. They need to have a race. It needs to be entertaining. Um, you know, Vegas doesn't need an F1 race to be Vegas, right? It doesn't need to be put on the map. Um, it has so many other attractions and reasons for going there so it vegas doesn't need formula one to to keep vegas alive vegas will, will be absolutely fine so they're going to need to have um an interesting competitive enjoyable race um you know to to, to make it memorable uh, because you wouldn't want it memorable for for the negative reasons you need it memorable for for you know for the spectacle and for the entertainment value so you know, it puts F1 under a lot of pressure, I reckon, to be have to perform to ensure that, you know, the, the negativity doesn't override it and potentially now have it as a as a one-hit wonder. I mean, I just can't see that's possible. The money that's going into it and the cost to, to put this together will, will be just, you know, moon numbers. So I would I would hope that uh, it is a success this weekend and, and it is a proper spectacle that people, you know, might um, might want to go to in the future. A match for Stappen, if he can win in Las Vegas and there's one more round, it would take him to 19 wins in the season, uh, beating his own record of last year of 15. The next best, some guy, Michael Schumacher, haven't heard of him, uh, got 13 out of 18 races in 2004 and Sebastian Vettel got 13 in 2013. That is so much dominance, but that's not good for, for the sport, especially when it's this long. Is it a couple of rounds too long? Well, I think so. I, I think there's too many, too many rounds uh, of Formula One 
um, to be fair, but you know it is it is such a commercial beast. You know it's just become such a massive commercial beast. Um, but you know, not it's not always right. It's not always the case where um, you know too much or, or or too many is 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 the right way to go. I think um, I think that they've got to be very careful uh, that they don't have too many events, too many races that start to create a situation where you know people lose interest in the sport because of it, especially in a situation right now where where the the championship's over. It's been won now by Max for what a couple of uh, one how many rounds ago? I can't even remember. So two or three rounds ago that he that he topped off this this championship. So you know that that's not a great way you know to have three, four, five, whatever rounds left in a championship, yeah. and and the and the and the champions already been crowned. It's it's not a not a great situation to have. So, um, but you can't all stop dominance like this. I mean, they've just they're in a purple patch of of performance where the car and the driver are just so good. Uh, you know that's that's something you can't ever plan for. I mean, that's what teams want to do. They want to dominate. They want to win as much as they can. Um, but there's always a counter to that, right? There's always there's always a, a negative to those kinds of things happening. Um, it's not for everybody. And, and as far as the sport goes, that, that needs to have, you know, um, close quarters, exciting passing, racing. You know, right now, it's, it, it gives a lot of people a reason not to want to watch it at the moment yeah. so uh, let's hope that next year McLaren Lando Norris is in the media um, talking about that he sees that you know that McLaren's turnaround in 2023 puts him gives him a lot of positivity uh, moving forward to next year to potentially think that they could be title contenders and and over the the winter break and uh, up there in the northern hemisphere um, who knows who's going to come up with the next you know, um, uh, development on a car that's going to transform them into being, you know, championship contenders and winners. So let's hope that does happen. Yeah, well, indeed. Um, you know, some might say they're being dreamers, but like me driving my Fiat Panda thinking I look good. Um, <clears throat> should we uh, talk about supercars in Adelaide? I think only 131 points separate Kostecki and uh, the Gears. Uh, that's next week in Adelaide, right? I think it's in Adelaide. What, whatever may happen... Um, the, the the legacy of Van Gisbergen is already settled, right? I, I I think we've got Greg out of the black hole of uh, reception. Yeah. Uh, thanks for yep. paying your bill in that thirty seconds, Murph. Really good of you. Um, <laughs> I was just uh, I was I know you're not here with us next week, so I was really keen to sort of forecast that final weekend in Adelaide in, in supercars, and I was yep. just trying to make the point: 131 points separates yep. first v second, but Shane in second. His legacy's already sorted in some way or can he actually you know polish it even more in the final weekend oh mate i would put money probably quite a lot of money if i was a betting guy on it being a meteoric weekend where there will be some fairy tale finish uh to <laughs> to this season in, in ripco supercars with um with shane van gisbergen on the last lap of the last race of the year doing something that 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 wins in the championship. I just, I just, I'm visualising it, and it just seems to be it's, it's in his wheelhouse uh, to be able to to make these things happen. And um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go past it happening that we have this finish to the supercar season that that will be remembered for for eternity as he as he um, you know 
bids farewell to um, uh, Australia and supercars in New Zealand and buggers off to the to the US. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, he, he's done it in the past, hasn't he, Murph? He's done it in the past. Um, so, agree, Murphy, not ruling it out. Imagine if he was actually allowed to drive a car without an out racing, right? Imagine if racing was, was a part of it, because he hasn't been overly happy about the new car, right? No, he hasn't been. And there's, and there's a, a lot of reasons, uh, his reasons and things. I mean, and, and part of it is the new car hasn't allowed him to to express, you know, all his skill sets, you know, he and when I say that, you know, the adjustability that the old case to have, they used to have a, a quite a complex um, uh, brake bias adjustment system and, and the anti-roll bars and things that they, they can adjust the balance of the car on the fly. All that's gone from this new car, and those are things that he really utilised better than anyone else to, to maximise performance and create a little bit of an edge, a little bit of an advantage over everybody, and those things are, are not there. Uh, this year, so that's one part of it. Um, just he just doesn't like the car. There's been, you know, um, obviously issues uh, from the beginning of Gen Three uh, all the way through um, with the, the the design and the build and the development of it and bits and pieces, and, it, and it's just sort of, um, you know, taken the enjoyment I think away uh, from it a little bit for Shane. Um, but one thing's certain is his talent hasn't hasn't wavered in that time. Um, so yeah, he's had moments through the through the year where you know, just uh, hasn't shown like he wanted to to be a part of it, which is which is a shame. Um, but you know, in the same breath, you know, he's uh, he is one of these ultra competitive people, and and you know, he does love his racing. And in the last few years, uh, prior to Gen Three, you know, he was he was in a in a space where you know he had control, and you know, he did things in the cars that um, again, as I say, no one else could do, and. And this year, he just hasn't been motivated uh, as much. So, anyway, um, he'll still finish on a high. He's, you know, three-time Bathurst winner, one Bathurst this year. Um, and, he's, he's uh, you know, his future is going to be exciting for the rest of us to watch when he moves on. Last one from me. I, I think the schedule for next year is out. Uh, what's the big talking point? Uh, well, I, think, I really think the biggest talking point is, um, is Topol, mate, to be honest. Uh, return to New Zealand and, and an event that, um, from what I hear, tickets have just gone ballistic as far as people wanting to, to be a Topol in April 1921 uh, next year. Um, I think that's going to be a highlight, a massive highlight of the calendar, to be honest. Uh, 12 rounds, again, same as this year. Um, there has uh, been chitter-chatter about um, races further afield. I'm not really sure where that's at at the moment. Uh, actually, heading, you know, heading on, a, on an aeroplane off to Middle East or something, something like that, I'm not really sure. But um, But for me... Uh, and I'm sure for every Kiwi, the highlight's going to be um, going to be the uh, yeah ITM Super Sprint and, and Topol. See you there, mate. See you there. Everyone's going to be there. See everybody. Everybody's going to be there. Uh, That's right. Fantastic. Hey, Murph, thanks so much, mate. Do appreciate it. Go have a great week. Uh, what? We'll catch up with you in a fortnight, is it? Is it away? You're away next week. No, I think we're done. Oh, I think we're over next here. year. Next yeah, year. So, yeah. Well, on behalf yeah, well, of you, Smithy, you, you who I'm informed, sure... Mate. Keep me informed. Yeah, no, yeah. Mate, I don't know. I just, I'm filling Smithy. in, mate. I just Bloody. turn up, you know. Smithy. Yeah, I just turn up and yeah, do what morning, I'm told. Mornings with Smithy. Smithy's hardly bloody... <laughs> I don't think I've hardly spoken to him. Fucking away on some junket overseas. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, on behalf of Ian Smith, who, who would say wholeheartedly, Greg Murphy, <laughs> thank you for your commitment to the show, unlike mine. Uh, thank you for turning up week in, week out, and providing great info, mate. I know, that, I know the, the listeners really, really enjoy it. 
Uh, they always fire three questions that I always fail to read out and uh, throw you away. Uh, but we really, we, 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 we really do, we really do appreciate it, Murph. And you know, happy Christmas to you and yours. Hey, thanks, brother. Yeah, uh, great chatting with you over the time, and, and well done filling in, mate. You, you, you make you make Smithy um, look intelligent. That's for sure. <laughs> thanks, Murph. Can we cut that up and send that to to Smithy? We'll, we'll send that to Smithy pronto. Greg Murphy, of course. Uh, always amazing insights, whether it's four wheels or two. Uh, you know, I know nothing of that motorsport. I learn so much every time I, I, I listen to him, and I hope you do too as well. So if that is him for the year, um, I, I'm sure on behalf of uh, all of our listeners here on Mornings with Ian Smith, um, you'd agree with me saying, uh, job well done, Murph. We do appreciate it.